Welcome back to the Castro Files. Hi, guys. I feel like this is so far from me now. I was sitting there. Last, last episode, I was sitting there. Yes. Make sure it doesn't fall off the table, it's though. It's fine. It's all good. Welcome to the Castro Files. I'm Greg, and that is Beth. Beth. And I've got a story for us today. I'm excited. This one's a little creepy. Okay. It's weird. It's twisted. It's got all sorts of weird things, and I don't really... You'll see. We'll get into that in okay. a minute. Okay. So, first things, go out, like, wait. subscribe to the YouTube channel if yes. you don't mind. Give yes. it a little thumbs up and share it. Because why? Sharing is caring. There you go. Also, uh, go out under for the audio listeners out there, go out, check it out under the bars open with Beth and Greg. That's where we put all of our podcasts out there for even for the other podcasts we do Correct. as well. And then, of course, you know, like, subscribe to those. Check out in our notes in kind of the, the show notes or up in our bio out on the bars open or the Castro files. You right. can find the links directly out to minor league studios, which has all of our swag and everything there. So good stuff. Good stuff. Also, you're... if you're listening and not watching, um, you can always go to Instagram after the show and see all the pictures that we are referencing as you listen, because that is where we post them afterwards. There you go. Perfect. All right. You ready? Yep. All right. So I've got a creepy pasta today. These are always. You haven't done a creepy pasta in a while. I haven't done a creepy pasta in a while. So this one kind of struck my fancy. I got into it and I was like, where is this going? Tickled my fancy? Yeah. Did something with my fancy. So this one is called Tiki Toby. Tiki what? Toby. T-O-B-Y? Yep. Okay. Tiki Toby. Okay. All right. The long road home seemed to go on and on. The road continued to stretch in front of the vehicle endlessly. The light that shone through the branches of the tall green trees danced across the window in random patterns. And every once in a while, obnoxiously shining in your eyes. The surroundings were full of deep green trees uh, forming a forest around the road. The only sound was the sound of the car's engine as it traveled down the path. It was peaceful and left a serene feeling. Although the ride seemed like a nice one, it lacked every form of nice from its two passengers. The middle-aged woman behind the steering wheel had neat, short brown hair that fit her complexion quite well. She wore a green V-neck t-shirt and a pair of blue jeans. Diamond stud earrings decorated each of her ears, which were partially showing from behind her haircut. She She had deep green eyes, which her shirt brought out, and the lighting seemed to be making them more noticeable. There wasn't anything significant about her appearance, though. She, all, she looked like any other average, quote-unquote, mother you would see on TV shows and the like. However, the one thing that made her different than other average mothers was the dark bag she had under her eyes. Her facial expression was gloomy and sad, although she genuinely looked like someone who smiled a lot. She would sniffle every once in a while and occasionally glance in the rearview mirror to look at her son in the back seat, who was hunched over partially with his arms held tight across his chest and his head pressed against the cold window. The boy lacked any normal appearance, and anyone could plainly see that there was something wrong with him. His messy brown hair went, with, went every which way, and the luminescent, luminescent lighting brought out his pale, almost gray skin. His eyes were dark, unlike his mother's, and he wore a white t-shirt and scrub pants that had been provided to him by the hospital. The clothes he had worn before were so shredded and blood-stained that they weren't wearable anymore. Hmm. The right side of his face bared a few cuts along with a split eyebrow. His right arm was bandaged all the way to the shoulder, which had been shredded when his right side hit the shattered glass. His injuries were to be painful, or appeared painful, when in reality he couldn't feel anything. 
This was just one of the glories of being him. One of the challenges he faced, he had to face while growing up was growing up with a rare disease that caused him to be completely numb towards pain. Never before had he ever felt himself get hurt. He could have lost an arm and felt nothing. The other major disorder he faced, which was the one that deemed him, deemed him many insulting nicknames in the short time he attended gra- uh, grade school before he switched to homeschooling, was his Tourette syndrome, which caused him to tick and twitch in ways he couldn't control. He would crack his neck uncontrollably and twitch every once in a while. The kids would tease him and call him Ticky Toby. And they mocked him with exaggerated twitching and laughing. Kids are so mean. Yep. He got so bad that he had to turn to homeschooling. It was hard for him. It was too hard for him to be in a common learning environment with seemingly every kid poking or more like stabbing fun at him. Toby stared blankly out the window, his face empty of any emotion, and every few minutes his shoulder, arm, or foot would twitch. Every bump that the car hit, t- car tires hit, would make his stomach turn. Toby Rogers was the, was the boy's name, and the last time Toby remembered riding in a car was when it crashed. That's all he thought about, unconsciously replaying everything he remembered before he blacked out over and over again. Toby had been the lucky one. His sister had not been so lucky. When he thought of her, thought of his sister, he couldn't help but shed tears and that welled up in his eyes. The horrible memories replayed in his mind. Her screaming that had cut off when the front of the car was smashed in. It all went blank for a moment before Toby opened his eyes to see his sister's body, her forehead pierced with glass shards, her hips and legs crushed under the force of the steering wheel, and her torso pushed him in from the too late inflated airbag that was the last thing he had seen of his dear old sister. The road home continued on for what seemed like forever. It took so long to get home because his mom wanted to avoid the sight of the crash. When the surroundings gave way to a familiar neighborhood, they were both more than ready to get out of the car and step back into their own home. It was an older neighborhood with quaint little houses all next to each other. The car drove up in front of a blue house with white window panes. They both quickly noticed an old vehicle that was parked in front of the house and the familiar figure that stood in the driveway. Toby, Toby felt automatic anger and frustration take over him at the sight of his father. His father, who wasn't there. His mother pulled, up, pulled the car into the driveway beside him before turning off the engine and preparing to step out and face her husband. Why is he here? Toby said quietly as he looked back at his mother, who reached to open the car door. He's your father, Toby. He's here because he wants to see you. His mother responded in a monotone voice, trying to sound less shaky, yet couldn't drive up to the hospital to see Lara before she died. Toby narrowed his eyes out the window. He was drunk that night, honey. He couldn't drive. Yeah, when is he not? Toby pushed the door open before his, mother's, uh, before his mother and stumbled out onto the driveway where he met his father's gaze before looking down at his feet with a stern expression. His mother stepped out behind him and met her husband's eyes before walking around the car. His father opened up his arms, expecting a hug from his wife, but she walked past him and put her arm around Toby's shoulder and started leading him inside the house. Connie, her husband, began to say, began in a raspy voice. What, no welcome home hug? Huh? She ignored her husband's obnoxious words and walked past him with her son under her arm. Hey, he's 16. He can walk by himself. His father began to follow them in. He's 17, Connie Connie glared back at him before opening the door into the house. Toby, why don't you get, why don't we get you in your room 
so you can rest, okay? I'll come up and get you when dinner's ready. Now, I'm 16. I can walk by myself. Toby said sarcastically and glared back at his father before stumbling up the small staircase and turning into his room, where he slammed the door violently. His little room didn't have much in it, just a small bed, a dresser, a window, and his walls had a pic- few picture frames from his family. You okay over there with the Yeah, the pen's pen? not working. Oh. It's driving me nuts. <laughs> Back when they were a family, that's where I had the pictures from. Before his fi- father became an alcoholic <clears throat> and acted violently towards the rest of the family. Toby remembered when he was arguing with his mom and he grabbed her by the hair and shoved her to the floor. Oh, geez. When Lyra had to try and break it up, he pushed her and she hit her head on the corner of the kitchen counter. Toby could never forgive him for what he had done to his mother and sister. Never. Man. Toby didn't care how much his father beat him down. He couldn't feel it anyway. What, he, what did he care about how he, was intentionally hurt the, he would intentionally hurt the only two people that he cared about? And when he was hot, waiting in the hospital where his sister took her last breaths, the only one that, who didn't rush there was his dad. Toby stood by the window and looked out at the street. He could have sworn he saw something out of the corner of his eyes, but quickly he blamed it on the meds he was on. When dinner time had come and his mother called up to him, Toby, come down, come down the stairs, and he hesitantly sat down at the table across from his father. And in between his mother and an empty chair, it was quiet as his parents picked up their food, but Toby refused to eat. Instead, he just watched his dad with a blank stare. His mother caught on to his staring with an elbow and elbowed him slightly. Toby looked over at her slightly and then down at his uneaten food, which he still didn't touch. Toby laid in bed. He pulled his covers over his head and stared at the window. He was tired, but there was no way he could fall asleep. He couldn't. There was too much to think about. He had been debating on whether or not to follow his mother's directions and forgive his father or continue holding a grudge with his boiling hatred. He heard his door creak open and his mother padded into the room and sat on the bed next to him. She reached over and rubbed his back, which, he had, been, which had been turned to her. I know it's hard, Toby. Trust me. I understand. But I promise you will get better, she said softly. When is he going to leave, Toby said, with an innocent tone and a shaky voice. Connie let her gaze fall down to her feet. I don't know, honey. He's staying for as long as I know, she replied. Toby didn't respond. He just continued to look forward at the wall, holding his damaged arm near his chest. After a few minutes of silence, his mother sighed before she leaned in to give him a kiss on a cheek and stood up and walked out of the room. Good night, she said, and she closed the door. The hours passed slowly, and Toby couldn't, quite, couldn't quit tossing and turning. Every time he let his imagination take over, he heard the screeching of the tires, the screaming of his sister, and he would uncon- uncontrollably jerk in bed. He threw off his covers, and laying on his back, he pulled his pillow up over his face and cried into it. He could hear his own pitiful weeping. He would have been screaming and crying if he didn't press the pillow over his face. Hmm. After a few seconds... He threw the pillow off his face and sat up, hunched over, holding his head and breathing roughly. Excuse me. <clears throat> he had to. He couldn't help but cry. Oop! Just lost my place. There we go. He tried to keep it in, but he couldn't stop from whining and whimpering. And he sat there shaking. He inhaled before he stood up and walked around his bed to the window and peered out, taking deep breaths, trying to calm down. He rubbed his eyes and looked out at the group of tall pine trees across the street. He suddenly he stopped suddenly, and his gaze slowly centered on something standing underneath the streetlight. 
He heard ringing in his ears, and he couldn't look away. The figure stood there beside the streetlight, about two feet shorter than it did. Long arms draped at its sides as it stared up at him with non-existent eyes. The figure had no facial features to speak of. No eyes, no mouth, no nose. Yet it it held Toby's hypnotized stare, seemingly peering into his very being. The ringing in his ears grew louder and louder. Each second he stared before suddenly it all went black. The next morning, Toby woke in his bed. He felt different. He wasn't tired at all. And when he consciously woke up, it felt like he'd been lying there for hours awake. He had no thoughts flowing through his mind. He sat up slowly and stumbled, stumbled over to the wall. But when he stood, he automatically felt dizzy. He stumbled to the doorway and walked down the, down the stairs. His parents were sitting at the table. His father was tuned into a small TV that sat on top of the counter. His mother was reading a newspaper. She quickly looked over when she felt Toby's presence looming behind her. Well, good morning, sleepyhead. You've been sleeping forever. She greeted him with a hesitant smile. Toby slowly looked over the clock and noticed it was 12.30 p.m. Huh. Sounds like me sleeping. Eh? Right. I made you breakfast, but it got cold. I was going to wake you up, but I felt you needed to sleep. Her expression, expression fell from happy to worried as her son resisted responding to her. Are you all right? Toby stumbled over and sat by his father. He felt as if he was on idle. He had no control over his actions. He was seeing everything he did, but it didn't register in his brain properly. He reached out to his father's arm, but his hand ended up getting slapped. His father turned to him abruptly and pushed the chair, his chair over with his foot. Don't touch me, boy, he yelled. His mother stood up. All right. Nice man. Enough of that. That's, all, that's the last thing we need. Yeah, dad's not a very no. friendly guy. The days went by and things continued on as they were. Connie spent most of her day cleaning the house and her rude husband spent most of the time ordering her around. It was like, it was just like it was before, before the crash. Toby never really left his room. He would sit by his bed and tremble. His mind would wander, but his thoughts changed too fast to be remembered. He would pace around his small room like a caged animal or stare out the window. The unhe- and then the unhealthy cycle continued. Hmm. Connie continued to be pushed around by her husband, being way too submissive to him. And Toby remained in his room. Before he could think twice, he would begin to chew on his hands, tearing the flesh off of oh, his fingers. Lord. Remember, he doesn't have, can't feel pain. He would gnaw his hands until they bled. When his mother finally walked in on him while he was doing so, she reacted horribly. She rushed him downstairs and grabbed the first aid kit, wrapping his hand in bandages. Afterwards, she demanded that he would never leave her side again. Toby isolated himself so much that he grew to hate being around others. His memory grew glitchy as well. He started missing uh, minutes of memory, sometimes hours and sometimes days. Wow. He would begin talking nonsense about things completely unrelated to the conversations he was having. He'd go off about seeing things, sharks in the sink as he was washing dishes, hearing crickets in his pillow, and seeing ghosts outside his bedroom window. His mother grew so anxious about his mental health that she decided it would be good for him to talk to a professional about how he was feeling. Connie walked Toby into the building, holding his hand and guiding him in. She walked him up to the front desk and began talking to the lady who sat behind it. Mrs. Rogers, the lady asked. Yes, that's me. Connie nodded. We're here to see Dr. Oliver. I'm here with Toby Rogers. Yes, that right this way. The lady stood and led them down the long hallway. Toby looked at the framed artwork down the halls and tuned into the sound of the lady's high heels clicking on the floor. She opened up the door to the room with a table and two chairs. 
We can get him to sit here for a few minutes. I'll get the doctor. She smiled as she held her door, held the door open. Toby stumbled into the room and sat down at the table. He looked over at his mother and the lady before the door slowly shut behind him. He looked around the room before he held up his tightly bandaged hands and began to bite at the bandages to unwrap his hands. But he was interrupted as the doctor, as the door swung open and a young woman in black and spotted dress with light blonde hair stepped in, holding a clipboard and a pen. Toby? She asked with a smile. Toby looked up at her and nodded. Nice to meet you, Toby. My name is Dr. Oliver. She put her hand out for him to shake it, but, uh, by his, but hesitantly pulled it away when she noticed his hands were bandaged. Oh, she smiled nervously before clearing her throat and sitting in the chair across the table from him. So I'm going to ask you a few questions. Try to answer them as honestly as possible, okay? She placed her clipboard down on the table. Toby nodded slowly and held his restrained hands in his lap. How old are you, Toby? 17, he responded quickly. She wrote down that, down on the paper that uh, was clipped to the clipboard. What's your full name? Toby Aaron Rogers. When's your birthday? April 28th. Who is your immediate family? Toby paused for a minute before answering her question. My mom, my dad, and he stopped. My sister. I heard about your sister, dear. I'm really sorry. Her expression expression faded to a sad pitiful look toby nodded do you remember anything from the crash toby toby looked away from her his mind went blank for a moment he looked down at his lap and in the surrounding area he heard a faint ringing sound his eyes widened and he froze in place toby the counselor asked toby are you listening toby felt a shiver go down his spine until he froze once again and slowly looked out over the little window through the door where he saw it a dark, featureless figure peering in at him. He stared, eyes widened, and ringing, growing louder and louder until suddenly the loud voice in the counselor broke his trance. Toby! She yelled. Toby jumped, fell, away, fell sideways out of his chair and backed up into the corner. Dr. Oliver stood up, holding her clipboard to her chest, a surprised look in her eyes. Toby met her eyes again, his breath hitching as, as he twitched. He saw that. Whatever it is, mm -hmm. the faceless mm -hmm. person, man thing. That night, Toby lay in bed. His eyes were dazed as he stared straight up at the ceiling. He could feel himself begin to doze off when he heard the scattering of footsteps down this hallway. He sat up and looked towards the door, his door wide open. There was no light. Everything was lit by the luminescent blue glow of the moon through his window, leaving a cold lighting. He stood up and slowly made his way towards the doorway when suddenly the door, which previously was wide open, slammed in his face. Thanks. He gasped and fell back. He was out of breath when he hit the ground and began breathing heavily, his eyes wide open. He waited for a few seconds before getting back on his feet. He reached out and grasped the cold door handle with his bandaged hand, and it, it creaked open. He looked out the to the dark hallway and tiptoed out of his room. The window at the end of the hallway lit up with darkness or lit up the darkness with blue moonlight as he padded his way down. He could hear footsteps rustling around him and faint giggling followed by the pitter patter of small feet. Okay. Creepy. Which sounded like a child had run in front of him, giggling and running around. The hallway was a lot longer than, than he remembered. It seemed endless. Like the ride home from the hospital. He heard the door creak in front of him. Mom, he called in a shaky voice. Suddenly, a door slammed behind him, and he jumped and turned around. Behind him, he heard a long, eerie groan that sounded like a croak right in his ear. Yeah. He turned around as fast as he could. 
and was suddenly face to face with none other than his dead sister. Her eyes were clouded white, her skin pale, the right side of her jaw dangling by tissue and muscle, glass protruding from her forehead, black blood leaking out of her face. Her blonde hair pulled up in a ponytail as it always was, and she was wearing her gray t-shirt and athletic shorts, which were dirty and spotted with blood. Her legs were bent in ways they shouldn't be. She stood emitting a long croaking noise only an inch away from inch away from Toby's face. Yeah. Toby yelped and fell back. Ah, he started to crawl backwards away from her, but he was unable to break the, the eye contact with her in their blank dead eyes. He tried, he dragged himself backwards until he backed up into something. He stopped for a second. Everything was dead silent except for this heavy breathing and crying. He slowly looked up to meet the blank face of a tall, dark figure, the same figure that stood over him now. Behind the tall, dark mass were rows of children looking to, looking to range from three to ten years. Their eyes completely black and dark black blood leaking from their eye sockets. Children. Right? He screamed and stood up as fast as he could, only to be tripped by dark tendrils that wrapped around his ankles. He oh, fell Lord. straight on his stomach and got the wind knocked out of him. Yeah. He tried to scream, but he couldn't make a sound. He wheezed out before it all went black. Toby woke with a start. He screamed out and sat up as fast as he could, short of blood, completely short of breath. He wheezed out and held his chest with his bandaged hands. It was just a dream. It was just a dream. He lay back down on his bed and rolled over to his side. It felt like against, against the weight he had, had lifted off his shoulders and his chest as he took, his, took in deep breaths. He stood up and padded over to his window. I think padded, by the way, is like walk. Yeah, it is. You didn't know that? <laughs> I've never used that word in oh, my yeah, life. Padded. Sorry. <laughs> he saw nothing. Nobody out there. No ghosts, no figures, nothing. He heard the rustling, rustling and coughing of his father outside the doorway. And his door was closed. He walked over and opened it. Looking out into the hallway once again, he padded down the hallway and into the kitchen where he found his dad standing and having a smoke in their living room. Toby waited for a second and watched him from around the corner before before a burning feeling started deep in his chest. Deep, boiling anger overtook him. He heard the little imaginary voices in his head. Do it. Do it. Oh, shit. Do it, they chanted. He turned away and held his arms. He felt like he had actually had control over himself, unlike he did for the past few weeks since he got home from the hospital. He actually had complete thoughts for just moments before the chanting of the little voices in his head clouded them. Kill him. He wasn't there. He wasn't there. Kill him. Kill him, they continued. Toby trembled. No, no, he wasn't going to do it. What? What's what? Is he going crazy? No, he won't kill anyone. He can't. He hated his father, but there was no way he was going to kill him. That was it. The last thought he had before he fell into an idle state once again. The influence of the voices in his head was too much. He began to silently walk up behind his father. He reached over to the counter to the knife in the case. Oh, my. He gripped his handle. He gripped it in his hand. He felt the sensation take over his chest. He let out a snicker. Ha, 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 ha. And he began laughing so hard that he had to gasp for breath. His father turned around abruptly before he felt a brute force shove him to the floor. He grunted as the air was knocked out of him. What? He looked down at the boy who stood over him, grasping the kitchen, kitchen knife in his hand. Toby, what are you doing? 
He went to sit up, put his arms out in front of him in self-defense, but before he knew it, Toby was on top of him. He went to grab his neck, but his father reached down and blocked his hand by, the, by grabbing his wrist. Stop, get off me, little fucker. He yelled, and with his other hand, he threw, off, threw an off-center punch towards Toby's shoulder, but didn't stop him. The look in Toby's eyes was not alone. It looked as, as if a demon had taken control of him. He yelled back and went to stab the knife into his father's chest, but his father blocked it and grabbed onto his wrist once again. He went, went to shove him back, but Toby kicked his feet out in front of him and landed, landed a hard blow straight to his father's face. His father recoiled and pulled his arms away to cuff his face. But Toby got back up and drove the knife straight into his shoulder. Oh my. His father let out a cry and went to pull the knife out. But before he could, Toby threw his fist straight into his face. Yikes. He began to pound his fist into his head, laughing and wheezing. And, cracked his, and he cracked his neck and grabbing his, grabbed the knife and ripped it out of his fa- father's shoulder. He drove it deep into his dad's chest and repeatedly stabbed into his torso, oh blood Lord. spilling out, getting splattered everywhere. He didn't stop until his father's body went still. He threw the knife over to the side and leaned over his body, coughing and panting. He started, stared at his father's smashed in face and then sat there twitching until a loud scream broke the silence. Mom. He looked over as his mother was standing a few feet away, <clears throat> covering her mouth, tears streaming down her face. Toby, she screamed. Why did you do that? She cried. Why? She screamed. Toby stood up and began to back away from his father's bloody corpse. He began to back out of the kitchen. He looked down at the blood-soaked bandages of his hands and looked up at his mother one last time before he turned and ran out of the house. He ran into the garage and slammed his hands against the control panel on the wall and pushed the button to open the garage door. Before he ran out, he noticed his father's hatchets, which had been hanging on the, on the tool rack just above the full jars that filled to the brim with old rusted nails and screws. One of the hatchets was new. It had a bright orange handle and a shiny blade, and the other was old and wooden with a handle and dull blade. He grabbed both and looked down at the table, and he saw a box of matches, and under that table was a red gasoline tank. He held both of the hatchets in one hand and grabbed the matches and the gasoline before running out of the garage. Down the street, down the driveway and up the street as he approached the street light he could see out of the window uh, out of his bedroom window before he heard police sirens in the distance he turned around and the red and blue flashing lights came rushing down the street toby stood for a second before he pulled open the gas cap the cap on the gas tank and ran down the street spilling gasoline all over the street after him he turned and ran into the trees he poured the last bits of gasoline out before he reached into his pocket and pulled out the match he struck it against the box and immediately dropped it. In an instant, flames burst around him. The fire caught onto the trees and bushes around him, and before he knew it, he was surrounded by fire. The silhouettes of police cars were visible through the flames as he backed away into the forest around him. He looked around, but his vision was blurred. His heart was pounding, and he closed his eyes for a moment. This was it. This is the end. Toby felt a hand on his shoulder. He opened his eyes and looked over to see a large white hand with long bony fingers resting on his shoulder. He followed the arm that was attached to the hand up to a dark towering finger figure. It appeared to be the, to be wearing a dark black suit and its face was completely blank. It towered over Toby's small frame as it looked down on him. Tendrils reached out from its back before Toby knew it. His vision blurred and he had heard the sound of ringing in his ears. And everything went back. It went blank. 
That was it. That was the end. That's how Toby Rogers died. A few weeks later, Connie sat in her sister's kitchen. Her sister, Lori, sat next to her drinking a cup of coffee. About three weeks ago, Connie lost her husband, her son, and a few weeks before that, she lost her daughter to a car crash. Since then, she moved in with her sister. The police were were keeping her busy. They had just finished up cleaning up the case, and the story had been released two weeks ago. The focus of the world seemed to have shifted to a completely new story. Lori switched on the TV onto a news broadcast. On the TV, the news reporters began introducing a new headline. We have breaking news. Last night, there have been reported the murder of four individuals. There are no suspects yet, but the victims were a group of middle school kids who had been out in the woods late, late at night. The kids had been bludgeoned and stabbed to death. Oh, the investigators have discovered a weapon at the crime scene. It appears to be an old, dull-bladed hatchet, as you can see here. The pictures changed to show snapshots of the weapon exactly as it was left on this crime scene. Investigators have pulled the name of a possible subject, Toby Rogers, a 17-year-old boy who stabbed his father to death a few weeks ago and tried to cover up his escape by setting fire in the streets and forested areas around the neighborhood. Although they believed that the young boy had died in the fire, investigators suspect Rogers might still be alive due to the fact that they never found his body. And that's it. That's how it ends? Is he a serial killer now? I mean, he cray, apparently. Um, That's a rough one, huh? But why did she think he was... Because they, they never, never found, found his, his body, body and they set the fire. The, I mean, <clears throat> That's weird. That's a weird creepy. One, huh? He lost his stuff, man. Yeah. Like... He was kind of a little bit crazy. He was already some a little going, but then he had all the unbalanced already from the you know the bullying and all and of the that. Tourette's and no pain and then his sister died and he witnessed it all. <clears throat> Excuse me. I mean, I think he just lost. This his one shit. just leaves me when I was when I read it when I read it again as well. It just kind of leaves you a lot of questions and kind of gives you the ick well, feeling. I want to know what this unknown thing was, and then the white yeah. hand with the long fingers and like. Was he now like Slenderman and now he's part of Slenderman going around killing people? That's a good question because we did one on Slenderman quite a long time ago last year. Right. Wow. That's good. Yeah. You wrote all sorts of notes. I did. Well, I was like, so he had no pain. He had Tourette's. Mm -hmm. He was bullied. It's just. And I kept thinking about Connie. Poor Connie. This is fiction, of course. I know. But poor Connie. She lost her daughter. She had a shitty husband. Crazy kid. Who murdered the dad? Who then we don't know if he's dead, alive, crazy, what? She's had a really like she's next. She's gonna go crazy next. Probably. It's just I too don't much. Know. What do you guys think? That was good. Good. I don't get the like. There are some things I'm like. Then what did the psychiatrist do? Should have given him some antipsychotic. It all meds happened or like something. that night. From I know, that but time over. you go to the doctor and you clearly have some issues. She's like, here is a sedative. I don't think sedative. they just automatically like. Yeah, I can give you sedatives pretty they? quickly. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It's just a cried. creepy one. It was good. It was a good story. Yeah. That was... Um, Hope you liked it. Yeah, it was good. Good. Hope you guys enjoyed that one. It was a little weird. A little it creepy. Was, uh, all makes above, you think. Like we had said. Yeah, absolutely. Brain's still going around it. I'm still processing it. This one's a processing one. Yeah. Like, uh, well, I don't even know what it... What, I, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. You guys, catch you next time. Go out, hit the like and subscribe button yes, on your way out. And if you don't mind, share the show. We would... Truly appreciate, appreciate it. That. Yes. And you guys will catch you all. Have a great week, guys. Time. Love you. Cheers. Bye.